Making a slip makes you grin? And above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions. Shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It feels so good to be back. We are back like we never left. It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with Trey Van Buskirk himself. Dude, award-winning author, uh, <laughs> honorable mention for dad of the year, former college athlete, aspiring pro surfer. What hat don't you wear? Uh, I mean, it's I just what 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 don't you do, man? The captain of the ship, which I plan on manning going forward. Oh, you are. So are you about to usurp me? I am the captain. Okay. So Somali pirate style. So you're going to look to me. I I am the captain now. This is you. That's me. That's me. All right. right. Sounds good, man. (laughs) Listen, I'm glad we're back. Um, You know, different kind of show this week. We don't have a guest. And then um, Hot Take Kate is going to be joining us next week. Uh, So we'll be bringing her back since you essentially gave her a job on air. We can't tell her she can't come back now because you told her that she could come back whenever she wanted. So appreciate that. Um, Although, you know, I mean, the overwhelming response has been uh, we should have her on more often. So we're going to do exactly that. And then we've got some other guests lined up as well that we're going to be bringing on, showcasing some other podcasts, some other content creators, things of that nature. It's going to be fantastic. Really looking forward to what we have in store. But before that, you know what you can't get in a store, Trey? I don't know. What can you not get? The best meat on the planet Earth, dude. But you know where you can get it? Online, online. If you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code fish, you save 10% on the whole dang thing, man. The whole thing. I'm I'm ready for war today, and we'll get into this, but I'm ready for war. I dressed the part, I dressed for an absolute fucking warrior. That's what I am. And there's only certain garments out there that can really portray the the warrior through and through, and that is allegiance clothing, guys. If you want to look like a badass, if you just want to fucking own the day, there is one outfit. Don't put your button up on. No, no. What's wrong with my button? <laughs> you put on some Allegiance clothing threads and you just say, hey, day, fuck you. Let's go. I feel the best attacked. Way to, it, you're attacked, dude. But you don't have to feel attacked. You can go to AllegianceClothing.com. You can type in the code PUNCH. And that's going to get you 15% off site-wide, Dale. Okay. So – some people might be wondering why there's all this hostility all of a sudden. I mean, I'm wondering. I mean, you really came out shooting, you know, gunning for me here. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, bro. We, let's just tell people what's going on right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide a little backstory. I know you're the award-winning author, but is it okay if I take people on a journey? You go ahead, dude. I'm, I'm going to treat this like Chubbs Peterson, dude. I've only just begun. You okay. go ahead. Okay. So here, here's what happened. Here's how we got to where we are right now. We have been going over the picks. Admittedly, 2021 has not been kind to us. Uh, We are not particularly happy with the results that we've been getting. We feel like we've been on the right side of a lot of these bets. However, the results have just not gone our way. That's unacceptable to us. You guys hold us to a higher standard. We hold ourselves to a higher standard. We're not doing that anymore. That being said, we went over this card with a fine-tooth comb, and we have some glaring discrepancies. It's been a while since we've done a me versus you, a beard versus entree sort of, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, not a battle of sorts, but a 
a contest, if you will, a contest of skill versus will, perhaps. But here's where we are. We've gone over this card. We cannot come to a conclusion on several of these fights. We had an initiative that we were getting ready to roll out, but we decided let's put the pin in that and let's do something different. You know me, I'm big on, I'm a big ideas guy, right? I'm a big <laughs> ideas guy. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. So we decided to pivot. We decided to move things around a little bit. So we're putting a pin in the other initiative and we're coming out with a new one. And it is a me versus you straight up one month betting contest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So here's what we're going to do. Between now and St. Patrick's Day, there are five UFC events. What Trey and I are going to do is we're going to go to betonline.ag. We're going to use promo code armchair, take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses, but we are going to throw 100 bucks, just something something very casual, just $100 in the account. And with that $100, we will race over the next five events to see who can finish with the highest total dollar amount. Now, all that to say, if you get to $1,000, the race is done. So if I get to $1,000, you get to $1,000 in the first event, the race is done. It's a race to 1K or whoever has the highest total at the end of the five events. Now, you say, that sounds like a pretty good idea. What's at stake, though? Mm. What's at stake, Trey, mm -hmm. is that mm. the loser mm. must pay all of their winnings to the actual rightful winner. So if I get to a thousand, or you know, for this instance, if you get to a thousand and I get to nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars, I then have to give you nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Yes. 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 Am I missing anything? You're not. And I think again, some of the animosity, a lot of this stems from the fact that, you know what, Dale, it's time. You said it, you said it perfectly. It's time to, you know, fly. You know, I'm gonna Nelly Furtado this bitch here. It's okay. time for me to fly away. You know, okay. it's set me free, set me free, man. I'm ready to show the world what I'm capable of. I'm going to handicap the crap out of this card. Okay. Um, you, my contrarian. Yes, we are conflicted on pretty much every single pick, but I'm excited to get into this card because I'm ready to battle. I feel like you with your English degree and your, your mm. linguistics mm. and your, and your, uh, your beard. Um, yeah, it's all very daunting. It's all very scary, but yeah. I'm a man. And I've got, I've got my fist, I've got my wallet, and I've got yep. my brain, and I'm ready to go, dude. Excellent. So with that being said, uh, here's the thing, is that there is a 10% buyback penalty that increases incrementally every time you zero out. So it's $100 to get in in the event that you zero out. It's $110 to get back, but 10 of those dollars go to me, 100 goes back into your account. Should you zero out again, 20 to me, vice versa, and it goes up all the time. So you can't be as reckless as you normally are. You do have to be somewhat calculated, but all that to say, you've got five events, we've got 100 bucks, we gotta see how, how high we can fly. I know that you're feeling all in your sauce, but here's the thing, man. I got the panache. I got I got the mother gold liquid behind me here in Jameson Irish whiskey. I cannot be touched. I cannot be touched. And I'm going to try to keep things civil because we've got five weeks of this that we have to do. But, you know, you already know I am a competitor through and through. If nothing else, you will get the very best of me for the next five weeks. I will cheat, borrow, steal, whatever I have to do to get to $1,000, I will do it. But you will never see me have to dip into that 10% because every single thing I'm going to relay today, next week, the following week, it's gold, dude. It's better than that liquid gold behind you. It's just fucking gold, dude. Let's go, man. I'm so ready, dude. I'm so ready. Okay. Last thing regarding the contest. On Fridays, after weigh-ins, 
Both of our bet slips will be made available on Instagram. So if you don't follow us uh, on Instagram, you need to do so at punchlist MMA. We will have both bet slips on there so you can see everything that we're playing. You can tail, you can fade, you can follow along, whatever it is that you want to do, it will be there. And we will be keeping track of everything. We're going to try to keep things, listen, semi-civil, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we are one team, we are one fight, and that is to beat the bookie. But rest assured, I'm going to kick the shit out of you with this. All right, let's get things going. First fight on the main card. No need to switch it up just because nobody's here. First fight on the main card. We'll do main card, then prelims. First fight, your boy, Benny Dariush at 19-4-1, taking on Diego Ferreira. My man, Diego is at 17 and two. This was a fight that rightfully rightfully belonged uh, to our boy Drew Dober, but you know, things happened uh, and things got switched around. It is what it is. I think that Dober now has a better matchup in uh, what you want to call it. What's his name? Islam Makachev. I like that fight better for him because I think Islam's actually going to strike with him, but we're not here to talk about Drew. We're here to talk about Benny Dariush and Diego Ferreira. This is a rematch, Trey, with Benny Dariush, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was the winner the first time around. But here we go. Uh, similar career trajectory. These boys are on a path up, up, up. What do you think? Who do you got? Where are you going with this fight? Yeah, you're right. This is a rematch back to UFC 179 back in 2014. Benny Dariush, he's a different fighter. He's a different guy. Um, he outgrappled the shit out of Diego Ferreira back in 2014, but we've seen Diego exponentially uh, change his game plan. He's a jiu-jitsu guy, you know, through and through, but his grappling was never really just there. He didn't have very good takedown defense, easily controlled. Benny's a different fighter on the ground. I feel like people disrespect his black belt to a certain degree. Um, you know, his striking under Rafael Cadero has changed insane his striking is pretty much where he puts his comfortability now we've seen that with his spinning back elbows his straights his combos he's gotten much better cardio he's had a couple slip-ups with his weight but he has had better cardio in his previous in his last couple fights i think you know this is we've been these are the dark horses of the division i think that benny is going to make a move and i think this is the first platform that he needs Interesting. So the first argument I would make is strength of schedule. Um, and I would normally say that, you know, looking at Darius's schedule, he hasn't fought anybody that I would consider a top 10 lightweight, right? But looking at that, he's already fought Diego, who's in, who is a top 10 lightweight, and he fought Drew Dober, and he beat Drew Dober. And I believe Drew, Drew Dober, if not top 10, is a top 15. He's lurking around the top 10 range. So that outside of that, um, he doesn't necessarily have the same strength of schedule that I think Diego has. What scares me about Diego in this fight is that he's on a long wing streak. You know me. I don't like long wing streaks. He's at six, uh, six straight. Is seven going to be lucky or unlucky here? Can seven be the lucky where he turns it around and avenges that loss? I think he needs to. Uh, the lightweight division is super crammed right now. To your point about Dariush, though, you're saying that he's making strides as far as his cardio. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Dariush not look like he's out of breath. He constantly looks like he's on the verge of Greg Hardying up against the cage at all times. He's stung in every fight. He constantly, he's got more gray hair every time I see him. And he constantly looks as if he's out of breath. Diego, that being said, is a very positionally based BJJ player. He has got to maintain position in order to execute what he does best. And those are his submissions. If this stays striking, Dariush is going to knock him out. I can't be any clearer about that. If it stays striking. Now, 
If it goes to the ground, Diego has to maintain a dominant position or he's not even going to be a threat as far as the submissions go because Darius is an equal level black belt on the ground. I think it makes sense to play Darius at a plus 100 because he already has a win. However, career trajectory, I think, has Diego ahead here. I also think Diego has momentum where Darius is kind of that whole, you know, I don't know if I'm in, I'm out. Rory McDonald, the Lord may not want me to hurt people anymore. I don't know. I think Diego gets it done, avenges the loss here, but I'm not mad at anybody that wants to play Benil Dariush. That's a ridiculous argument. Sorry, I just got to start here. Um, okay, first off, in regards to sucking wind, Benny's just got one of those soft bodies, dude. There's some guys that just have soft bodies. Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, um, freaking... Um, dude, I'm the curly, team. Curly-headed fuck. What's his name? I'm uh, the captain of team soft body. I don't, you don't, you don't got to tell me. I'm first yeah. team all soft body. I lettered in soft body. You don't have to tell me. I'm just saying. My I wasn't going to shame, dude. I wasn't going to shame look, soft man, body. We, we call spades spades here on the show. Look, it is what it is. But here's yeah. the thing, right? His cardio, soft body or not, is not up to snuff. Mm. People forget he was getting waxed by Dracara Close until Close got sloppy. Second point to your uh, atrocious argument. Strength of schedule. Let's go back to... Diego Ferreira's schedule. Dude, Anthony Pettis, come on. Erosion, Anthony Pettis, Tysimov, Kyle Nelson, what? Dude, there's no strength of schedule whatsoever. If he were to have gotten the Dober fight, yes, that would be strength of schedule. Right now, nothing compared to Benny Jarius's fights. I disagree. I, I disagree. Anthony Pettis, former lightweight champ. Don't, don't, don't say that, though. Don't say former lightweight champ. Without saying the erosion, you talked about this in previous episodes. You said that's not the same Anthony Pettis we've seen over the past like three or four years. Be right. honest. You're absolutely right. But they, you know, here's the thing. Merbach Tysimov was once touted as a contender prior to his whole uh, being released thing. Rustam Kabalov, again, another strong Caucasus Mountain warrior that was once probably a contender. Kyle Nelson, if I'm not mistaken, was a last second replacement. Jared Flash Gordon. Jared Gordon's been around for forever. And Olivier Aubon Mercier. OAM himself was once touted as one of the best prospects in all of MMA prior to going on a losing skid. Before that, losses to Dustin Poirier and your boy uh, Benil Dariush. But you know who he beat before that? Ramsey Nijem, who beat Benil Dariush. So, I didn't know we were reaching back to the 90s, bro. I didn't know that. Okay, sorry. Go, we can go back to the 90s because Benil Dariush is 107 years old. <laughs> All right, next play. <laughs> <laughs> Asker, Asker, stepping in last minute here. That's not a typo. My man's name, I, I believe it's actually Ascar, uh, something like that. Anyway, 11 and 1, taking on Cody's statement at 19 and 3. Andre Yule uh, had to drop out due to a false positive on a COVID test. UFC's not playing that game anyway. They don't care if it's a false positive. My man is out. Cody Stamen gets a last second replacement. I don't even know if we have odds. We do have odds. Excellent. Uh, Asker is at a plus 335. Cody Stamen minus 405. Over and on rounds is at two and a half. Mm. Uh, you were big on Cody Stamen. I was yeah. thinking that Andre Ewell might get the upset here. I really think, listen, I'm not a poet. You know me. I like my plus 300 dogs here. Mm. Asker is 11 and one last second replacement, and he presents different, different kind of looks for Cody yeah. Stamen than what Andre Ewell is going to do. I don't hate this matchup for Asker because he's got nothing to lose, and guys that have nothing to lose are dangerous. I know. Well, and we've always touted that stay busy fights are the worst fights to take. Mm. Cody's had a full camp, but to your point, he's getting a completely different look in Asker. Asker, I think that 
Cody's wrestling, if he were to stay poised, calm, collected, utilize his wrestling, slow this fight down. But the problem is when you take these, you know, last second fights, you're all amped up, dude. You're all hyped. You need to make a statement. You're trying to make a quick paycheck, get a performance of the night, whatever you're trying to do. And that's where you leave yourself vulnerable and you get clipped and something bad happens. I don't like stay busy fights. I liked Cody uh, when he was, when he was fighting his previous fight, but I don't like this stay busy fight at all. I'm staying away from this fight. This will not be on my bet slip. Uh, but I do think that Cody can't get this done if he stays to the game plan. Yeah. Cody's never dropped two fights in a row and has no finishes in the UFC. Uh, since moving over to the UFC, the man has not finished a fight yet. He is a decision machine. He does have a win over Terry and Ware, who if I had to pick somebody that I think Asker reminds me of right off the rip, I would go and lean towards a Terry and Ware style fighter. That being said, 11 and 1 plus 335. We are racing to a grand. I may sprinkle a little something on plus 335. Uh, dogs because here's the thing when i bet on dogs i want somebody that will fight for my money i want a person that's got a little sand in them a little grit i don't like a lot of sugar in the tank you know what i mean i want my guys to go out there and fight and a guy like asker asker has nothing to lose so plus 335 he may go stand out there and bang and put himself in a position to win a fight now that being said he might put himself in a position to lose and he probably will by decision but if he puts himself out there and he might it might be worth a small little sprinkle to get ahead of you since we're going up together. It's good. Can't wait to see you dive into that 10% right away. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of 10%, uh, beneath <laughs> Alexander Prantoja at 22 and five, taking on Manel cap at 15 and four. I can't wait to hear your argument here. Cap here at a plus 113. Pantoja at a minus 133. Over under on rounds, Trey. Is it two and a half? Go ahead and enlighten me with your pick here. I'm taking cap. Of course you are, because I told you all about him today. No, 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 no. I, I, I went back to the I went back to the drawing board. I've reassessed. I know that Pantoja is a very well-rounded fighter. You know, gave Davison Figueroa a very good look. Cape, though, I forgot, dude. This UFC debut is it is a debutante the same thing as a de debut? Would that be the the more formidable term? I think you could call him a debutante just to, for the sake of the word. I'm not going to correct you on it. We could just go, um, yeah. yeah, go for it, man. I'm, okay. I'm cool. Yeah, go. Okay. Well, the debutante coming into the UFC, coming from Ryzen. Did you forget? This guy's a psychopath, man. And I mm -hmm. kind of really love it. The dude is the quintessential wild card. This is a guy, if you go back, YouTube the video of him him and uh, Uncle Creepy Man just going at it. This guy's he's bonkers. He'll, he's a guy that will knock you out. And go run at your corner and try and knock out one of your cornermen. He's a guy that will jump the cage. He'll do something really wacky. He's whip out his dick. I don't know what he's going to do. He's psycho, dude. I, I don't know. But what I do say is he's the high energy. He's explosive striker from distance. This is a guy you don't want to get into a firefight with. And I think Pantoja might take the bait a little bit. He wants to get back up into that upper echelon. He wants to get another crack at Davison. To do that, he has to do something that's a big deal, big performance move. And this guy coming over, which we've seen, Guys coming over to the UFC promotion, they seem to be riding a little bit of momentum. I like this. I've always thought Ryzen's a really great promotion. They pr produce some great champions. I like Cape in this fight. I think it's going to be done, and it's going to be done devastatingly inside the distance. And that never happens with flyweights. Interesting. So mutual opponent-wise, uh, if you're looking at, I think it's Olka Sasaki, mutual opponents, uh, Pantoja has a win over him, 
whereas Cap lost their fight together. Uh, I believe that Manel is like Charles Bennett. If Charles Bennett was talented, uh, I agree with you. He is a wild card. He is a loose cannon. You don't, you're not entirely sure, despite the fact that his record's 15 and four, you're not entirely sure what version of him is going to show up to fight. He did have a streak there where he lost three out of four. You're not really sure what to, what to expect. This is a long awaited UFC debut. He was a weigh in day alternative for a flyweight fight. What was it? The first Figueredo Benavidez fight. I think he was the, I think he was the alternate for, um, so he, you know, has been on the cusp of making the UFC debut for a while now. And it just shows you what the brass thinks of him. If they have him, you know, pulling a Michael Chandler, if you will, and weighing in as a potential championship bout alternative. I am excited to see what Manel Cap brings to the UFC. I'm going to wait and see how these guys size up with one another because Pantoja at times has looked a lot more muscle bound and other times he's looked long and sinewy. So I'm anxious to see how they look sized up on weigh-in day, but initial leanings, I'm leaning towards Cap, but I do like your, your idea of the over-under on rounds, the under two and a half. Not all the time am I up for finishes when it comes to flyweights, but both of these guys have a propensity to finish fights. So I am looking forward to this one. I do believe that under two and a half is a viable play. I'm leaning towards Cap initially, but I want to see him at weigh-ins. I want to see him looking at each other. Would not be surprised to see a weigh-in day scuffle, shove, something like that uh, when they get face-to-face. Would not be surprised one bit. Everyone's starting to love the flyweight division, man. Davison makes a little makes himself look evil. It's entertaining. Then then uh, Cody Garbrandt talks about jumping in, and then now you're getting this Cape guy who's an absolute psychopath, dude. This division's going to be a fan favorite pretty soon. It should have been the whole time, though. That's mm. the problem. Is that even even with the days of Mighty Mouse running roughshod over the division, it was still super exciting. All right, Macy's chase on at six and one, taking on Marion Renault at nine. Six and one here, Trey. Macy is a, I, I think, that, I mean, I think she should be a bigger favorite. Minus 194, taking on Marion Renault, plus 169. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. Um, you know, let's, I, I think that, you know, you're leaning Renault. Is that correct here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Explain to me how a 44 year old woman who's lost three in a row is going to beat an up and coming prospect. Go ahead. Uh, 43, first off. Okay. So check your facts. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, and she has a, uh, you know, Macy's going to have a four-inch reach advantage. Okay, got that. Okay. Um, I think uh, she's going to be, um, she's definitely not going to have the output that Macy has. I get that. Um, but I will say there is one thing that she does have, and she's going to show in spades on Saturday night, and that is she's going to have the toughness and the bruteness in the clinch she has got great muay thai she has fought people that are leagues above macy now granted she has taken losses to them but she has made them competitive yana kunitskaya raquel pennington um katsangano she's fought thick bullish type chicks macy is very like uh, she's like a ballerina in, out there she's got great footwork she peppers you with strikes she doesn't ever do anything devastating and i think when you make something ugly you push it up against the cage she slices dices or slices dices up against the cage makes this fight ugly doesn't allow her to get into rhythm dude i think the bounce back is going to happen that pink slip's going to get ripped off and she's going to be like get me a new contract she want you think she's going to get a new contract at 43 
I don't know, dude. Probably not. But she she will get the win. You think? Okay. Uh, respectfully, I disagree with just about everything you said. Mm. Um, I think that I think that Macy <laughs> is making the requisite adjustments as far as her cardio is concerned. I think she'll be the better striker. I think she's going to hold more dominant position if the fight does go to the, the ground. And I think all things considered. Yes, I will give you that Renault is a bully. However, she is an ineffective bully at best. She uses that big wide body karate and pushes you up against the cage and can't do anything with it. So if you can't do anything, why are we standing here, right? It's like an old Tyron Woodley fight. I'm just going to push you up against the cage. I'm going to hold you there. I'm going to shrug my shoulders around and stomp on your feet Mm -hmm. and try to do one of these numbers. It's just, I don't, what are we going to do here, right? Macy is not playing that game. And let me ask you something. I know that you're saying that Marion has fought women that are leagues above uh, who Macy has fought. I have a legitimate question. This is not a a rip on somebody's skill. Is that, do you think Yana Kunitskaya is talented? Like, just realistically, do you believe in your heart, if you're looking at women fighters, do you think Yana Kunitskaya is like an elite fighter? No, no. Sorry, that was just part of the three fight losing skid that I had right. to say. But and I'm just that's not and I'm not trying to dig a point there. It's just we have we've talked about Yana Kunis Kai on yeah. the show before and we've bet on her and she's come up short. And I'm just convinced that she is just talented enough to win some fights. The skill disparity in women's MMA is so vast that women like Yana Kunitskaya can win fights consistently or at least at a decent enough clip that they can stay gainfully employed. You just you said elite fighter. Her name got brought out. I just don't <laughs> think that she's. I just don't think that she's anything. But now that being said, um, Lena Landsberg beat Macy Chason, and even though Lena is a you know at so, in some organization was a world kickboxing champion, I don't necessarily think I haven't been super impressed with that I've seen with Lena inside of mixed martial arts either. So both of these women have a lot of growing, a lot of a lot of maturing to do, if you will, as far as the skill set goes, but only one of them has enough time left on the planet Earth to do it. And it ain't old ass Marion Renault. Renault is getting beat. 4-0, retirement. See you with your nine and seven salty ass record. It's a wrap. Macy Chase on for the win on Saturday night. Last piece of this, that four inch reach advantage doesn't mean anything when you're in the apex cage, those close quarters, you're going to get pushed up against the cage. If not, you're going to have your butt on the mat. So why not go with the brute person that's going to hug you? And maybe she's not going to do much, but from a point perspective, she's going to have that octagon control. She's going to assume the whole, assume every position, maintain dominance. She's going to win this by points. Hmm. I, I respectfully disagree. You find me a woman that says four inches don't matter. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Co-main event of the evening. Frankie Edgar taking on Corey Sandhagen. Frankie Edgar is 24 and eight. Corey Sandhagen is at 13 and two. Uh, Corey Sandhagen, in my opinion, is rightfully the minus 400 favorite here, taking on a over-the-hill Frankie Edgar at plus 330. Over-under on rounds is at two and a half here, Trey. What do you think? How's Corey going to win? And what round is he getting it done, my man? (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like everyone's a little bit jaded from when Frankie dropped to 135 and, you know, had his close razor-thin decision over Pedro Munoz, which we all know he did not actually win that fight. Um, I think, you know, with the drop in weight, uh, he's more susceptible. While he's not a guy that's going to get knocked out, he is a guy that's going to get wobbled. He's not as quick on his feet as he once was. And Mm -hmm. with someone like Corey, who's going to utilize his length, his reach, his is great jujitsu he has on the ground coming from team elevation one of the best teams we think that's out there i just don't see where he gets this thing done is he going to utilize his famed wrestling we've seen since 20, you know, 2007 maybe so but that's not enough to 
I think Sanhagen's going to break those grips, swim out of that thing, and control this fight. And it's just I don't see where it, where he gets this done. My thing with Frankie Edgar is is exact. Some of the things that you've brought up, I think, are, are very salient points. Uh, Frankie has shown what used to be an iron chin has now sort of degraded slightly, and he is getting hurt more and more in each fight. Mm-hmm. He's also gotten a little bit slower, but his cardio remains on point. Uh, his wrestling, should he ever need to use it, is there, or so we assume. The thing that worries me about Sandhagen in this fight is Sandhagen is now where Yair Rodriguez was when he fought Frankie Edgar. And if you remember, Frankie Edgar took a flashy, aggressive, point-style karate stance guy and bullied him, bloodied him, and beat him. Um, I I worry that Frankie Edgar may have just enough dad strength in his body to bully Corey Sandhagen the way we saw Aljo bully Sandhagen. Now, I do not believe that Frankie Edgar by submission is even a viable prop play. I would venture to guess it's somewhere in the plus 1,800 range. It is not worth playing. Corey Sandhagen by points, if you're looking at props, is probably the only thing I would play. That being said, um, Bet Online is doing point spreads on fights now. So there's some really interesting lines out there that you can find betting on the point spreads on cards. So if you think that Sanhagen's going to get some 10-8 rounds or is going to win by three or more, uh, there are point spreads available at Bet Online. So with fights like this, I think that that's a viable option where you could really get creative to try to make some money, play the over-under on point spreads there. I do believe he's going to win this thing. I do believe he's going to do so by decision. I'd be shocked if he knocked out Frankie Edgar, but... I say all that to say Frank Yeager has been getting hurt a lot recently, and Sandhagen is riding high off that knockout of Marlon Marais. Fun fact, though, Marlon Marais and Frank Yeager are teammates, so it's a little bit of get back for Frank Yeager here as well. So you never know. You never know, but I'm really leaning towards Corey. I don't, I don't, I don't see the value in a Frank Yeager at plus 330. But, but do I, though? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see on Friday. Ah, oh, you and your little sprinkles. Nah, like, yeah. All right, man. Main event of the evening. Alistair Overeem at 47 and 18, taking on Alexander Volkov at 32 and 8. Very rarely do we get guys with this level of experience. I love this, man. I love this fight. I've been high on the UFC hog for a while. They've been putting together some great matches for us. Haven't always been on the best side of these matches lately, but damn it if I don't love this fight. The Ream, plus 160 underdog, taking on Volkov at a minus 185. Over, under, on rounds. Is it two and a half? I could have swore that was at one and a half. Mm. Is, it, is it at two and a half now? Did we move up a whole round? If it's two and a half, I'm taking the under. If it's two and a half, I'm taking the under as well. I'm just saying it right now. If it's two and a half, I'm taking the under. If it's one and a half, I'm probably going to take the over. But under two and a half, I love that. This is news to me. I could have swore when we looked at this, it was at one and a half, but I freaking love that. Uh, But anyway, I've been talking for a while, so go ahead and tell me what you think here. Well, no, you made an interesting point there. You said if it was two and a half, you'd take the under. If it was one and a half, you'd take the over. And I think the reason you said that is this. Alistair Overeem has shown us the same thing, fight and fight again. And that is he can get absolutely battered in the first round. If he can weather the storm of the first round, he has a chance to win this fight 100%. Now, this is a little bit different, though, because he's finally getting someone that has a long reach. It's actually going to have a much longer reach than him. He's a super lanky fighter. He's got that devilish manta ray tattoo, which will trip the hell out of you if the guy turns around. No? He got covered. I told you it's a samurai now. It's a samurai sword? No, it's like it's like a full like 
full body like samurai like like with full headgear and like a mask on his ah. back. Okay, that's way cooler. Okay, NRA is covered. It's way cooler. It's a Russian guy with a Japanese tattoo. It gets no cooler than that. Oh, okay. That see, that wouldn't trip me out. If I saw that, I'd be like, "Oh, it's sick." Okay, let's keep fighting. If I see the manner thing, I'm like, "What? What the fuck was that? Why? Right. Like, yeah. what?" Moana, Moana. That's all. Moana for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's Maui status. Um, yeah. So I think if if Alistair can get out of the first round, he can trip this up. He needs to close the distance. If he can close the distance against you know Volkov, that's where he's going to make this fight happen. It's happened every single time. The Walt Harris fight is a great indicative fight as to where this fight could go. He could get bloodied, battered, clipped rocked whatever in the first round but if he can somehow maintain equilibrium he can you know contain his focus he can literally drag this thing to the ground ground and pound i want overing to win this so bad i want to see his run to the title now is it too little too late what is he 42 like i feel like this this card is riddled with old vets uh right. mixed with those that are still on the up and up and coming but I think that he's got the momentum. He's he knows you know where he could be vulnerable. This is a this is a good fight for Overeem. I think he's going to get it done, but it's going to be over one and a half like normal. Okay, so uh, valid point there that, that that Volkov's average fight time is above fifteen minutes. I agree. I, I mean, I can't I can't say I agree with that. I mean, it's fact. But here's the thing: is that Overeem has been getting stung lately, and he's been getting stung early, and he's weathered the storm. He's utilized what is. I think for a heavyweight, very, very underrated grappling. Um, he is a real viable submission threat, even uh, as a heavyweight. So, you know, I, I think that there is some value in playing over him. Any guy that any guy that has 60 fights of professional experience, it's like an Alexia Linux thing. He's forgotten more about fighting than most people have ever learned. That being said, he's fighting a guy with 40 fights of experience. Alexander Volkov, if you look at the last few folks that Alistair Overeem has fought, they are not on the same level. Augusto Sakai, Walt Harris, Yerzinho Rosenstrike, Alexi Olenek, great that we brought that up, and Sergei Pavlovic, right? Those are guys that in the event that they do hurt Overeem, they are not disciplined or elite enough to get that finish. Where a guy like Alexander Volkov, if you look at the way he tactfully dismantled Walt Harris... If he hurts Overeem, the approach at which he takes that he will pursue that finish is different than the other guys. Mm. He has to survive, and I don't necessarily know that he does. I am not saying that I don't think Overeem can win this fight. I believe that he can. Some plays that I'm looking at for this, some plays I'm looking for are Overeem in rounds four and five. I'm mm. also looking at the under two and a half, mm. but I like Overeem in rounds four and five. I do like the under two and a half just in the event of Volkov stings him or Overeem somehow that, you know, does what I would believe to be almost the impossible at this point and knock Volkov out because Volkov has shown himself to be incredibly uh, durable and tactical inside the cage. I think that we have uh, the potential here uh, for a fight where I'd be willing to put three or four plays together at plus money and avoid Volkov by money line altogether. I, you know, even though I personally think Volkov is going to win this fight. So spoiler alert there, I think Volkov is going to win this fight. There's a lot of other options available here at plus money where I think we might be able to get something done. I don't see where you think he's going to get it done outside of a decision though. He's not going to knock over him out. He has 21 finishes in his entire career. Only three of those have happened in the UFC. He's okay. not a finisher. Yeah, he can he can control you. 
he can control you. He can keep you from distance. He can hurt you. He's not going to finish you. And I'm, I'm sorry, if Walt Harris with a clean shot and over him can't put him into the ether, then, then what are we talking about here? Volkov, Walt Harris, power punching, completely different levels. I see a lanky guy, creates you a distance, but I don't see heavyweights going all five rounds. I think, to your point, Overeem in four and five, a wilted, more vulnerable Volkov gets absolutely crushed, dude. I don't see where Volkov gets wilted. And I'll make the argument for Walt Harris like I made with Yana Kunitskaya. Is Walt Harris an elite-level talent? No. So I don't. I, I hold no weight in that. I think Walt Harris is talented. I think he's a UFC level talent, but I don't think he's an elite. I think he's got a top fifteen rating because the UFC heavyweight division is probably as shallow as women's featherweight. It's very, very shallow. Uh, which that's not fair, but it, it is a shallow. <laughs> it, 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 there's only one. There's like two UFC uh, women's featherweights. But he, all that to say, I still don't believe it's a very deep division. It's not incredibly difficult to stay around the top 15 or in the top 15 if you are a heavyweight and you're on the UFC roster. So I realize uh, I see I see my man here saying that that Reem's on our favorite team. He is a, he is a team elevation guy. I appreciate that. And he is a, a teammate of Curtis Blades who has a win over Alexander Volkov. But the type of fight that Reem is going to take to Volkov is going to be drastically different than the fight that Curtis Blades took to him. I just don't necessarily – and I don't want to keep camping on the same words over and over again. I just don't necessarily know – that Alistair Overeem is going to get it done because he also has one foot out the door mentally because he's saying, this is it, one last run for the title, and if I don't get it, I'm out. Even if I win the title, I'm going to lay it down. I'm not going to defend it. I'll enjoy the moment, and then I'm done. You know as well as I do, if you are half in, half out in the sport, you might as well be all the way out. You cannot put that level of half-acidness into a guy like Alexander Volkov, who has every intention – on becoming UFC champion one day. And to your point real quick about finishes, he's got 40 professional fights. He's got 21 finishes. He finishes fights over 50% of the time, Trey. And that's a great, that's a great odd. You as a gambler know that you always play when something's 50-50. That's why we play women's MMA with the way we do. It's a only, 51. Dude. Only three in the UFC. Doesn't matter. He's finished over 50% of his fights. Okay. All right. Well. Good thing quick, it's me versus you, right? Quick trivia. Yeah, go for it. Overeem's nickname. Demolition Man. Is that just, it's ridiculous. It should be like the Flying Dutchman or something. Flying Dutchman. I feel like there was somebody named the Flying Dutchman and it wasn't Overeem. Um, anyway, all right. I'll come back to that. It'll hit me at like three o'clock in the morning. I'll text you. Anyway, um, I can't, you can try to trivia me about nicknames. Dude, I I'm, I love fight nicknames. This is what I do. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so pumped to get in this. I'm sorry. I just keep looking over my shoulder because I'm looking at the fight card for the prelims here. And this is where this is like, oh, we might just like, you know, come out a little bit even out of the main card or whatever. I know it's not going to happen because it doesn't go bottom to top like that. It goes from the bottom. But this is where it's going to be like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done this with Trey. Holy shit. He's almost at a grand. He's almost there. I should just quit. Oh, I should probably invest 10 more percent. Oh, it's over, dude. It's over. This is where I cut my teeth. This is where it goes down. I am going to wipe the floor with you right now. The Flying Dutchman, my man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for this. Dennis Bonder at minus 165, <laughs> taking on Odie Osborne at plus 135. Over under on rounds here, Trey. Is that plus one? Or I'm sorry, plus or over under rounds is at one and a half. I'm sorry. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I'm so excited. I'm tripping over my words. Please tell me who you're going to take here. Dennis Bonder. Oh my gosh, you're so lame. Why? Why? 
Yes, tell me why. Because Odie Osborne is not as good as people think he is. Okay, but tell me more. Tell me people, more. People think that Odie Osborne has a good BGJ game, uh, but forget, he got freaking guillotined by Brian Kelleher, who does not have a great BJJ game. Um, but Kelleher's known for his guillotine. It doesn't matter, dude. If you're a good jiu-jitsu artist, you know how to defend. You know how to, like, you know, do the whole Cracker Jack joke, you know, shimmy out, dude. You know how to get out of that shit. Here's the thing. Dennis Bonder was one of those guys that was born in Russia, and literally his dad held him up and said, you are going to run the family business of beating the shit out of people. He is yeah. a guy that is just looks like, holy crap, if you owe him money, you pay him, like, double like just, just because, just to get him out of your life. The guy is gnarly. His striking is legit. He's super durable. I mean, he will cut you with your elbows. There's people that literally like, I feel sharp in their elbows. This is one of those guys. He just goes like this and you're spewing blood. I think that Odie, if he were to bring this thing to the ground, we have someone that's explosive. He'll be able to get out of half guard. He'll be able to calf slice, whatever he wants to do. He's going to rip things apart. I like I like him. I like him in his debut here. I think this is all too familiar of the UFC matchmaking to say, hey, let's give this guy just a little platform, see what he's worth. Devastating. Next. Dennis Bonder is the number nine ranked uh, Bantamweight in all of Southeast Asia and the number two ranked Bantamweight in the Caucasus Mountain region. And you cannot give me enough money to bet against the guy from the Caucasus Mountains. <laughs> and his nickname is Psycho. Dennis Bonder minus one sixty five. I'm smashing. I'm smashing. I don't know a single person that he's beat. I couldn't name us. I couldn't name one of them. Gun to my head, Dale. Name somebody that Dennis Bonder beat. No idea. But you tell me a guy's from the Caucasus Mountains, and you tell me his name's Psycho, and you tell me he's got a winning record. I'm in. I'm in. There is no analytics to this. There, there are no stats to back this pick up. Fade me if you will. I don't give a shit about Odie Osborne here. <laughs> Dennis Bonder, minus 165 in my most unresearched play of the night. Caucus Mountain Warrior, minus 165. I'm hammering it, baby. Wow, it's such a lock, dude. It's such a lock. <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. You cannot <laughs> tell me otherwise. All right. Sung Woo Choi taking on Yusuf Zalal. Sung Woo Choi at 8-3. and three. Yusuf Zalal at 10-3. and three. Interesting spot on the lineup, if I'm going to be honest with you, for Yusuf Zalal here. Minus 235, taking on Choi at a plus 200. Over on our rounds here, Trey is at two and a half. And if you are thinking about Yusuf Zalal and the trajectory that he was on there for a while, you would think that he'd be towards the top of the prelims uh, or maybe even main card status here. But here he is. He stumbled, and now he has fallen a mighty long way, uh, which would make me wonder whether or not you know he's got management or attitude issues to be buried on a card like this. And then they're also giving him someone like Sung Woo Choi, who I think is a live dog at plus 200, but I don't think he's skilled enough to get the W come Saturday night. I feel like Zala's uh, record was a little bit padded, dude. And he's fought Ooh. what is two of his last four have been debut fighters. Tapuria, who he lost to, that was his debut. Okay. Um, so I, I feel like the UFC touted him as to be not a UFC star, but to really kind of make an impact in that division. Sung Woo Choi, though, this guy, even though he's taking this fight on a short notice fight, he is notorious for having a great cardio tank. So even though it's short notice, I'm not worried about his cardio in the slightest. I think that this guy is actually really explosive. He's got great footwork. And the things we've seen with Yusuf, he's been a decision king for the past like four fights. It's just decision, decision, decision. He He's not going to get you out of there. And I think someone that has more cardio, who's going to have better footwork and is going to be in your face, in and out, in and out. I think he's a he's he's running into a big a bit issue here, and I love the plus two hundred on Sung Yu Choi. 
Interesting. So are you, do you love him enough to bet him? I, I do. You will see him on my slip. Really? You're going to, you're showing your hand. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to fade that pick, but I, I completely agree with your points on Choi being a live dog. I, I think he absolutely presents a lot of the issues that Zalal has presented himself. Uh, if you look at a guy like Ilya Tsaporia and the positions that he put himself or he put Zalal in and the pace that he put on him, I don't necessarily know if Sungwoo Choi is capable of the exact same output, but he is capable of walking forward and being durable enough to do things. If you look at who Sungwoo Choi has lost to, Mavzar Evloev and Gavin Tucker, both of those dudes are absolute studs. Now, his win over Sumon Mokhtarian, I'm not necessarily sure that I would qualify that as a quality win, but it is a win all the same. So that being said, I lean towards Zalal here. I like Zalal on points, but I think Choi, if you're looking for a live dog, plus 200 is a good spot to look. Yeah. Choi is one of those guys that also just outside of his cardio throws you off your rhythm because he'll like work you from distance. He'll have that kind of front kick, that kind of push kick, and then he'll kind of dart in. So there's no rhythm to him. There's no like, oh, ABCs. It's like A to Z. And you're just confused. I, I like Sunny Choi, dude. Bless you, honey. I, I'd be shocked if this gets wider, but I feel like it will because the law's got a name, dude. Interesting. Interesting. All right, man. So let's move on to the next fight here. We've got uh, who is it? We got Molly McCann uh, taking on Laura Procopia, right? Meatball mm. Molly. Am I, am I saying this right? Is that is that the next Meatball one? Meatball Molly. Meatball Molly at ten and three. Laura Procopia at six and one. I know you're fading me on Meatball here, man, but I'm going I'm going heavy on Meatball. I love Molly wow. McCann. She has let me down time and time again, but I love me some Meatball Molly. Um, I love a chick that's down to scrap. I love her attitude. I love a chick that has good, sound, fundamental boxing. She did not look good in her last fight. I will openly admit that. She came out. She was flat-footed. She appeared to be pretty out of shape. She had no plan B. Basically, all the things that would really throw up a lot of red flags – uh, but here's the thing, right? Molly and I aren't dating, so I don't care about red flags. The Talia Santos fight means nothing to me. She beat the hell out of Diana Babita, Ariana Lipsky, and Priscilla Cachuera. And I put uh, your girl Prokipia, or however you say her last name, very similar skill set as Priscilla Cachuera. I think that Molly McCann gets it done here, and I wouldn't be surprised. I know we don't see a lot of knockouts in the women's fighting, but I would not be surprised if Molly McCann threatens us with a TKO here at some point. No, no, absolutely not. Um, that's that's a ludicrous statement. Um, okay, you said it perfectly about Molly in her last fight. She was flat footed. She looked slow. She looked heavy. She looked out of shape. Laura is the worst person for her because she's one of those annoying fighters. She's just a gnat. She just has this straight up onslaught, this crazy volume. She just throws, 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 throws. So you talk about trying to keep your cardio up and then kind of devise a plan. If it goes to the ground, Laura's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. She knows what she's going to do. Molly's definitely going to come in the heavier person. We know Meatball Molly, no joke. But Laura is someone that's going to be a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more fluid. I think that I think the volume is going to do horrible things for Molly in this fight. I mean, she, unless she, her cardio changed drastically from the last fight, she's not going to be able to get in this fight and find a rhythm. Okay. So you're, you're leaning towards Laura here? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's I see you grinning on us because I know I'm taking a lot of plus money and I'm starting to realize that as I'm saying it. But, you know, sometimes I look and I'm like, you know what, Trey, you are smarter than Vegas. You are smarter. The house doesn't always win, Trey. The house doesn't always win. <laughs> and, a, and, and a broke clock is right twice a day, right? So <laughs> yeah. You can win. You keep betting all this plus money, my man. You can win. 
Oh, you could, thanks, I, man. I've got faith in you, bro. I think you're. Right, gonna, I, gonna I think this. I, this. I think if you keep if you bet all these plus monies and win the event, our, our contest is over in one event. So uh, keep going for it. All right, <laughs> dude. It's like a, it's the dumbest way. It's like yeah, Trey went really hard in the paint on the first first <laughs> first card. He went all plus money. It's like there's no strategy, bro. I'm just trying to win. <laughs> Listen, you have to. I mean, you realistically, if you look at what the what it would cost to. I mean, I. <laughs> You know, we look at five events, essentially what would end up being about a $100 penalty if you had to buy back in after each event. I mean, you might as well go all out. There should be fucking no bankroll management. Just let her rip, Tater Chip. You I'm going to do it, dude. I'm going to do it. And I'm, when I say these out loud, like I'm playing these. I'm going to have my like, I'm going to have my concise, condensed slip, but I'm fucking playing these, dude. Okay, man. You, let it, you do you, Playboy. Don't let me stop you. Do all you, right, Playboy. All right. right. I'm going to do it. All right, we're going to skip over Jocelyn Edwards versus Carol Rosa because we've heard a rumor that there's some COVID-19 involved there. So Rosa uh, may or may not be out of that fight. If in the event that she does, that the COVID-19 rumors are false, um, we will go ahead and, you know, adjust accordingly. Probably both of us are leaning Rosa anyway there. I don't really think that we need to do a super detailed breakdown. Are we leaning Jocelyn Edwards? She's plus 200, bro. You sure you don't want to throw 100, 100 bucks on her? <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> All right. no, I'm good. Okay, Justin James plus two thirty five taking on Devonta Smith at minus two seventy five. Over under on rounds here, Trey. On over under on rounds here, Trey is at one and a half. Uh, records on both of these gentlemen, pretty interesting, man. Justin James, you know, I don't necessarily know if he's as good as his record indicates. Sixteen and six versus Devonta Smith coming back at ten and two. Uh, how do you feel about Guitar Hero here, <laughs> Justin James, on about six days' notice, getting it done? Dude, I, I want you to go first on this one. I, cool. I like Devonta Smith, and I like him under one and a half. <laughs> Justin James has the gas tank of essentially, like, <laughs> remember that scene from Wayne's World where the dude's going to throw up, and he's like, if you're going to spew, spew in this, and he hands him that little cup. That cup <laughs> contains Justin James's gas tank. Um, that's, that's, that's how <laughs> – that is Justin Jane's gas tank on a full fight camp. Now we're going to do it on six days notice where this guy's been slamming bratwurst and destroying beers and, you know, deer hunting and everything else. He's going to go in. He's going to fight Devonta Smith. Now, that being said, Devonta Smith is coming off of a brutal yeah. injury. And prior to that, had a knockout loss to Kama Worthy. I don't love Devonta Smith to begin with. Um, I didn't like him in this fight before the Justin James last second replacement. But here's the thing, man. Um, I, I I think Devonta Smith knocks fucking Justin James into, into oblivion. And I think he does so in under seven and a half minutes here. I just think it's a garbage fight. And it's hard for me to really get any allegiance, uh, not the clothes going on, but I think uh, dude, Devonta Smith, Dude, his loss to Kama Worthy wasn't just a loss. It was in the first, what, 45 seconds of the fight. That left hook just put him into oblivion. And to your point, you've asked me this twice now. Do you think Kama Worthy is like a legit tier one athlete in the UFC? I, here's the thing. Is I actually think Kama Worthy is not bad. Mm. What, what screwed Devonta Smith up in that fight is that they were friends and they had sparred previously. And what we see is, is a lot of times when guys spar each other, uh, or they've trained together for extensive periods of time, whether you want to admit it or not, 
both of you know who was getting the better of those exchanges. And Devonta Smith, despite being the UFC talent and despite welcoming Common Worthy into the spotlight there and welcoming him, welcome, welcoming him to the big show, he knew going into that fight that Common Worthy was getting the better of him in the gym. And because of that, he fought timid. He did not fight his fight, and he got slept accordingly. It went exactly the way that it went in the gym. We see it all the time, and it's part of the reason why I kind of like Gilbert Burns and the Kamara Usman fight. Um, but we'll get to that when the time comes. All that to say, I think Devonta Smith is a UFC-level talent. I think Kama Worthy is a UFC-level talent. I don't think either one of these gentlemen ever make a title run um, at any point in time. Justin James, on the other hand, may or may not be a UFC-level talent. I don't believe at this point in his career he probably is. I think that uh, he's going the way of James Vick as far as on the cusp of retirement here at sometime soon. I hope he has a other skill, perhaps he's a welder or something to that effect that he can rely on outside the UFC. So I don't necessarily know if professional fighting is going to be in his forecast for the foreseeable future. I think he's getting slept here on six days notice against Devonta Smith. I'll take a flyer. I'll join you on that. Okay. Surprise. Plus 235. I'm surprised you're not fucking selling <laughs> off, selling all your Dogecoin to go to, to go heavier on uh to go heavier on uh, Justin James here. Martin Day at eight and five, taking on Timur Valiev at 16 and three. Martin Day at plus 270 versus Timur Valiev at a minus 330. Overrun rounds at two and a half. In my opinion, this fight and the Zalal fight should be switched as far as bout order is concerned. But I'm not Sean Shelby. I'm not Mick Maynard. I'm not Dana White. That's just my opinion. Martin Day, if you want to talk about guys, whether or not we think they are UFC-level talents, Martin Day is going to fall on the not UFC-level talent as far as I'm concerned. I actually think this fight gets done under two and a half here, um, despite the fact that Valiev is going to come out and have a wrestle-heavy approach. I don't like Martin Day really. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I just don't necessarily love him as a fighter. I don't know what he presents that's going to give Tim or Valiev any sort of problem whatsoever. He's Hawaiian. Ooh, okay. Hey, this go around, Hawaiians okay. have done really well. Okay. This go around. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, he really doesn't have a path to victory in this. He's going to have to out cardio uh, Valiev. I think the UFC, this is another one of those fighters that they actually thought was going to, you know, make a run in the division, make a little bit of a star out of, but then he was, you know, met against uh, Trevin James, right? Who are we talking about? Who, last? who? Martin Day? No, no. Valiev. His last loss was to Chris Gutierrez. No, I thought it was. No, that, no, no, no. Because the Trevin Jones fight got overturned because. It was a no. You're right. It was a, it was ruled a no right. contest. You're right. You're yeah, right. because Trevin Jones got popped for weed. Yeah. Even yeah. though he knocked uh, Valiev out. Now, here's the problem. I have a problem with this fight because we were plagued that whole night by that fucking ghoul of a referee that skeleton with a sheet over him that freaking guy i can't stand that dude um my my problem is is that valiev beat trevin jones from pillar to post and the referee did not stop it and then the moment jones got the upper hand he right immediately waved the fight off that happened no it wasn't the ghoul was it the ghoul or was it, it was tyoni no 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 you're right it was tyoni and and Dude, Valley have had th three exchanges before that where he was beating the freaking brakes off him. Yeah. And then it was in the fourth exchange where it lasted, what, three seconds and he called it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Chris Tyone. Not, 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 Chris Tyone's not getting a Christmas card for me. Not going to no. happen. No. Anyway. Um, 
Valley of Murder, Martin Day. Yeah. See ya. My yeah. man. Brave FC. They're calling. They need they need people. Audio. Yeah. All right. I like it. Even I like Brave FC. I'm not shitting on them. I like them too. Mm-hmm. Um anyway. Dude, Chris Tyone got me all my feelings right now. Danilo Marquez at 10 and 2, taking on Mike Rodriguez at 11 and 5. Probably bad beat of the year. Uh, Mike Rodriguez, Ed Herman, albeit profited big time on that plus 200 dog in Ed Herman. I I don't care. I'm mad at it, man. Plus money's plus money. Money in my pocket is money that spends. So that's the way it is. I don't care. Ed Herman pulled a veteran move and did what he needed to do to get that W. Doesn't matter if it's at the expense of Mike Rodriguez and his honor code or whatever. Ed Herman wanted paid and he got paid. So Danilo Marquez plus 210, Mike Rodriguez minus 250 here. Over under and rounds is at one and a half. I think we're both leaning Rodriguez. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, that was the bullshit loss against Ed Herman with that sloppy Kimura. Um, I think uh, Mike Rodriguez, talk about the worst nickname ever um, in slow. Like that's ridiculous. Oh, um, man. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Oh, okay. You just dress that up. It's kind of sexy. Okay. That's cool. What's not sexy is Mike Rodriguez. The dude's kind of heavy. He's kind of slow. He's sloppy. He's going to tie you up. He's going to kind of just drape himself over you and kind of wear you, which is going to, you know, deplete your cardio. If you're Marquez, Marquez, he's out of Kings MMA though. So I, I kind of like that dude. He's been training with, with Benny Dariush, dude, Kings MMA, kind of like their camp. Yeah. It's like that plus money. Um, He's got some good BJJ. Um, you know, the, the problem is I just don't think he has any really, really good striking. And I think with someone that's going to drape over you, wear you, and kind of land heavy, sloppy shots and try to get this thing to ground, it's going to be failed attempt after failed attempt. Um, I like the over one and a half. I don't like this fight, though. I think this is a fight that's either over in the first minute and a half or we get the grossest. 15 minutes of just arm punches humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there's going to be any in between. I don't see like a technical mid round two knockout. Mm -hmm. I think we see first 90 seconds. This thing's over with, or it's, it looks like uh, Jorgen de Castro fight is what it's going to look like. No, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's Barney and Moe's tavern after too much Duff beard is going for 15 minutes. Dude, that's what it's going to be. It's a good reference. Thank you. Macaroni would be proud. You think so? You think he's a time traveler? Real quick, let's get off topic. You think he's a time traveler? What are you talking about? Is this a conspiracy theory? You've never, no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about the Simpsons essentially predicting all of human history. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying the whole like, you know, Charlie Chaplin type thing, but no, you're actually talking about them predicting the future. Yeah. No, yeah, like, he's a time traveler for yeah, sure. Yeah, so Groening is a time traveler and he just, he plays it off by putting it in cartoons. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Okay. I knew to see, do, do that's, not, become, that's not like a theory though. That's like fact. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yeah, let's do it. Get the okay. watermelons. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Featured prelim clay Guida at 35 and 20 boys. That's a record 35 and 20 taking on an even better record in Michael Johnson at 19. Hold on real quick. How many losses does Michael Johnson have? I want before I say it out loud. I want you to tell me how many losses does Michael Johnson have? He's he's got to have like fourteen, sixteen, <laughs> nineteen, and sixteen. Artem Lobov style numbers. Um, wow. Yeah, 
Clay yeah. Guida plus plus one seventy taking on Michael Johnson at minus two hundred. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. It's uh, it's an interesting, interesting. You said, it, dude. You said it. You said the goat's name. The what? last win that Michael Johnson. No, you're still muted. You're still muted. Look at it. See? Nope. Nope. So those of you that aren't watching the live stream, uh, we're going to do this for the audio only. Trey, in an effort to make a some sort of Artem Lobov-style movement, karate chops his microphone, and now it is... I'm going to go with broken because it is muted and not coming off mute. And I can see the panic and the flop sweat uh, showing up on his face. He's not entirely sure what to do. The Raiders hat is getting drippy because he definitely karate chopped his microphone into not working. So we'll probably be using computer microphone here at some point. Anyway, Michael Johnson at 19 and 16, taking on Clay, Clay Guida. My thing with Michael Johnson is this, is I don't know of a guy that has a more difficult strength of schedule, uh, whether it be lightweight or featherweight than Michael Johnson. If you look at the guys that Michael Johnson has fight, it is an absolute who's who. Um, you know, let, let's remove, if you will, the Tiago Moises and Stevie Ray from the record, right? So his last two losses, he's lost three in a row. We're going to take those off the record. This is who he has fought. Josh Emmett, the GOAT Artem Lobov, Andre Feely, Darren Elkins, Justin Gaethje, Khabib, Poirier, who he has a win over, Nate Diaz, Benny Dariush, Edson Barboza, Melvin Gillard, Cleason Tebow, who should be Khabib's only uh what you call it, loss, Joe Lozon, Danny Castillo, the list goes on and on. Michael Johnson in the lightweight and featherweight division probably has the most difficult strength of schedule of lightweight and featherweights out there. I don't know. Any, maybe Dustin Poirier, you could argue, has as difficult of a schedule. Um, yeah, so I, th that's just my opinion. Um, we are completely... Trey is gone. Uh, he has vanished to the ether. So you're riding solo with your boy. I can say whatever the fuck I want right now. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to destroy him. I'm going to destroy Trey. Um, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I'm going to absolutely smack him. So, um, you know, here's the thing guys, is that this is just, this is what I do. Um, I'm just, I'm a peacock. I fly. I'm a Phoenix. I'm going to rise from the ashes. And uh, we're going to go from there. Trey, your microphone is still muted. Are you there now? Am I good? You're good now. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Dude, wow. I got so excited talking about Artem. I just fucking punched my mic, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what you were talking about, but all I was saying is three fight losing skid. Michael Johnson hasn't won since he fought the goat that is Artem Lobov. Clay Guida, dude, coming from a freaking, oh my gosh, just pulls the heartstrings. Team Alpha Male for life, man. This is tough, man. I want to go Clay Guida just because he could wrestle heavy. He could slow this thing down, tie Michael Johnson up, but we all know what's going to happen. It's night-night for Clay Guida. He's older. He's eroded. He's got to be, after all those wars, just absolutely just brittle to the bones. I want Clay Guida to win this. God, it should be even more plus money than plus 170. I'd probably sprinkle if it was a little bit more, but I don't want to lose money. And I think Michael Johnson coming off of that most recent loss is looking for vengeance. He's gotta, he's gotta take this. Is a fight the UFC wants a little pedestal for. So the Michael Johnson's gonna get this thing done. 
Do you think that Michael Johnson can win this fight out? Like, do you think he can knock out Clay Guida? If if Clay Guida does what he did in like Diego Sanchez fights, yeah, do, for sure. Do, do, do you think that Michael Johnson can knock out Clay Guida? No. Then bet Clay Guida. Why wouldn't you? Why I, would you? I kind of want to because why would you not take? Listen, you you've been betting plus money this whole night. He's he's been betting money this this plus money's whole night. Of all the guys that bet plus money on, take the guy with the superior cardio and the superior wrestling background. That that that's you all. That if you're gonna take plus money, like I said earlier, pick the dog that's gonna fight for your cash. If you're going, I think Michael Johnson's gonna win this fight, but Clay Guida is gonna be on my slip on Friday night. I'm just telling you right now, he's going to be oh. on my slip. Well, I because mean, I want a guy. You fucking know me. I love wrestlers, and I love guys with good cardio. Clay Guida has both in spades. I know, and Josh Emmett knocked the knocked Michael Johnson out. He knows that. He knows his game. Ugh, man, they've studied this guy. He's an open book. I'm just saying, no, man. It I just make, doesn't make jive. Decisions. It just doesn't jive with what you've been saying all night. Is all. I'm just trying to show you. Not necessarily hypocrisy, because that's a very strong word. I'm trying to show you that you're in your own way. You can't see the forest for the trees here. You're going against the team that you love more than all other teams. You're going against what you know to be a more fundamentally sound, and you know you're going against a guy that has more heart and grit. Clay Guida plus 170 is the dog, bro. You don't have to play him. I'm just saying this is where I make some money on Friday. This is where I gain ground. I'm throwing you a breadcrumb to keep this competitive. Take Clay Guida. Keep it competitive. I've done plus money the whole time. You make it sound like, oh, you're super risky, dude. You've been going to all chalk, man. You've been all chalk all night. I'm going all plus money. And then you make it sound like, oh, to, I know what you did here. You did this to cap it off the show. You're like, oh, yeah, Dale. He's just he's just going through the weeds. He's taking the plus money. And I like I like the beard. Oh, fear the beard. Fear the beard. Fear the fear. Dude, fear me, man. I'm a big boy. I put my pants on today, dude. <laughs> I went all Zoom calls today with all my pants on. Yeah, it's it's on, dude. I'm not taking Clay Guida. I'm taking Michael Johnson. Somewhat not cool. All right, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Here's the thing, right? Is you know, if if I had it, saying the <laughs> Zoom call thing, yeah. I started my day off with a couple Zoom calls as well. Um, admittedly, I was you know, I, I had pants on for them, but they were sweatpants. Um, but yeah, I did put my pants on. You're a big boy. You can bet however you want. I look forward to the next four weeks. I think you and I are going to have a hell of a time. I look forward to what this brings out of both of us from a skill perspective. I look forward to what it brings out from a fan perspective. Two things I want to touch on real quick before we sign off on the show, because we've eclipsed our hour mark here, is that number one, we are four iTunes reviews away from our 100th five-star mm -hmm. review on iTunes. We've already talked to Roy, the owner at Allegiance, and Roy is going to throw in some Allegiance credit right off the rip. So, it's no longer a, you get to choose between beer money, stay classy or allegiance. Allegiance is part of the gift anyway. Yeah. It's done. So then you can go beer money. You can go beer or meat after that. So if, do you want, do you want clothes and beer or do you want clothes and meat? That's up to you. You're going to get both. If you yeah. are iTunes review number 100. Now that being said, Trey, you say, well, Dale, I already left a review. That's not fair. I, I, I can't help it that I'm a day one ride or die OG supporter. You're absolutely right, random citizen. That is not fair. <laughs> That's not fair at all. So you know what I want to do, Trey? Yeah. I want to bring it back. The pirate wheel? I'm going to bring back the pirate wheel. 
Right now? Right now. <laughs> All right, cue the music. Cue the music. How many winners do you want to pick? I want to pick – are we doing just beer money straight up? Straight beer money. Straight beer money. I'd like to pick lucky number two. Two people that have already left his iTunes, iTunes review. Here we go. Actually, hold on. Nightwind, give me a second. I'm going to add you to it right now. Uh, you're in the live stream, and I will reward the shit out of you for being in the live stream. <laughs> Hang on a second. Give me one second. I will add you in here, my man. Nightwind. See, this is what happens. Dale ends the night, a little bit of plus money, and then he just gets all like happy and jonesy, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's do it live, dude. Hold on. I accidentally oh. clicked the wheel. Oh, man. Let's see. This is good. Hang on a second here. My bad. Could you hear that music or no? No. You, could, you couldn't hear that. All right. I this not is, this is terrible, terrible audio here. All right. Let's hear. Let's, let's go ahead and share this. I will share the audio. Let me get this. Pull over here. And here we Go. Are you ready? Two winners. Here we go. Do it. So sick every time. Gets you so pumped. Sam Who is Collins. That? Sam Collins. Sam Collins. Here we go. We're going to remove Sam. And here we go. Ooh, Rob, Rob, New Jersey. Rob, New Jersey. So Sam Collins and Rob, New Jersey. Hit us up on Punchlist MMA at Punchlist MMA on uh, Instagram, and we will get that handle for you. We'll get some beer money coming your way. Just shoot us a message. Say, hey, man, that's me. Uh, get you your Venmo, your Cash App, or maybe if you want, we'll just pay you in Dogecoin um, or AMC stock. You can pick. It's cool with whatever at this point. <laughs> I'm going to be making that GameStop money, dude, this weekend. I'm stoked. Oh, bro, it's all gone. It's all gone, man. It's done. Uh, okay. Hold the line? No. You still the holding? Line, the line was not held, man. Everybody everybody, <laughs> oh, let, it, everybody let it go. God, so, everyone stand up. Everyone, all right. Everyone let it go. Um, anyway, I appreciate everybody that tuned into the show. If you don't follow us already on all of our social media channels, please do so. Next week, we will be back to go over wins and losses. Uh, and preview next Saturday's event. Hot Take Cape will be coming back with four hot takes for us. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, we've got some other stuff lined up. If you don't already follow us, please do so. Uh, at Punchless MMA anywhere. If you want to shoot us an email, please do so at chat at punchlessmma.com. The show is not possible without the support of you. We appreciate that. And if you want to support the show in any way possible, think about leaving an iTunes review. Think about subscribing. Think about sharing. Or and preferably, or visit the show sponsors, go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code FISSAFE10%, or go to allegianceclothing.com, use promo code PUNCH. I love you guys. I appreciate everybody that listens and watches the show. If you listen on audio, think about joining us next Tuesday night on the live stream. It is a lot of fun, and we love to do giveaways, and you never know what you're going to see. So, appreciate you guys. Be good to each other. I'll see everybody next week. Trey, what do you got? Bang, bang. Bang, bang. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 